coming soon for theater near you. It's the Equalizers, a bi-weekly podcast for two idiots that are a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Count Nolula, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Bones. And I'm the Crypt Keeper, <laughs> who's here to take your favorite movies and continue them in our own versions. Uh, Crypt Keeper, welcome back to the Equalizers. I... <laughs> I'm leaving that pause in. Okay. I love movies. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Made in Manhattan. <laughs> J-Lo really knocks my socks off. I realize my voice is going from creepy to more like old person. You're also Mrs. Fowl from the Jimmy Neutron movie. What? Did you know my favorite movie is A Cinderella Story 2 with Selena Gomez? They made a sequel to that movie? Or a spin-off, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was a Cinderella Story 2. <laughs> that really shocks me that they made a sequel to that movie. <laughs> I mean, isn't the whole premise of this podcast making sequels that nobody wants? Yeah, but none of these sequels will ever get made. You don't know that. <laughs> That's true. There's a lot of buzz around this podcast. Or so I'm told. I'm drinking some coffee, uh, hold on. It's alright, I think we're hitting diminishing returns on this bit anyway. <laughs> the joke market fluctuates though, and it's gonna come back around here in <laughs> just a few more seconds. <laughs> you know, when a joke goes on too long, and then eventually... It's like the economy. Yeah. <laughs> There's peaks and valleys. Like a joke goes on too long that it's not funny anymore, and then it becomes so funny that it's going on so long that it becomes funny again. It's gonna hit that point here in about five minutes. I'm, <laughs> I'm also a little concerned your voice isn't gonna hold up much longer. Yeah, I thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the gingerbread man from Shrek now. I'm also kind of losing my accent. <laughs> And scene. You know what's weird about the gingerbread man and Shrek? Everything. Let's talk about this for a good 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we, we spent three minutes doing that bit, so why not now jump into the gingerbread man? At the beginning of the first Shrek, he, like, breaks his legs. Farquaad breaks his mm. legs. And I think you see him later in, like, splints and stuff with his legs in a cast or something. But by the next movie, his legs are just healed. And the thing is... That's not how cookies work. I mean, also sentience and talking and hawking icing loogies aren't how cookies work. That's true. I mean, I guess. I, I are we saying that the gingerbread man in Shrek has like anatomy inside of his cookie form? Presumably. Otherwise, when he spit a loogie in Farquaad's face, it was like part of his mouth. That's true. That he was spit like some like uncooked dough in there. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know why that grossed me out, but <laughs> so. We're doing Shrek, right? Yeah. Happy Halloween, Frequels. We're jumping in this time with a fun seasonal reference movie to really hit that zeitgeist of Halloween. And uh, We're doing a spooky one today. The spookiest Halloween well, film. Yeah, the, the legitimately scariest movie ever made. Yeah. Cult classic. Bullet favorite. Hocus Pocus 2. There's one thing we should address very quickly, and that is that... Next time you're going to hear District 9 2, uh, which we did record before this one. And so we talk a little bit about coming back from hiatus, even though technically it's our second episode in order. We recorded it first. Just clearing that up. Um, we qu quickly realized, like, after we recorded District 9, it's like, oh, shit, Halloween's coming up. We didn't do anything. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> we're bumping this one in the order. Uh, so don't be confused next time. I'm doing this so I don't have to edit in uh, an introduction. So, business aside, Hocus Pocus. Put that business aside in the business corner, and now we're in the chill zone. 
Well, no, the chill zone's where we let guests wait. Oh, yeah. We're in the studio. Have you been recording from the chill zone the whole time? Yeah. Oh, shit. Why do you think I've always worn these cool sunglasses and my hat sort of to the side? Hold on, let me put my skateboard away. Yeah. Do a cool trick real quick that everybody can also hear. Cool. Kickflip! I didn't land it. Let's give it another go. All right, here we go. Here we go. One, two, one, and Ollie! Ollie's just a jump. I only, I'm only on my jumps. I'm learning. Gotcha. You have your training skateboard. Yeah. By this time next year, I'll be Tony Hawk and Dan mm-hmm. Margera. Okay. And uh, that guy named Dave that's also in um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Dave Bam Hawk? It's Dave Hawk. It's Tony Hawk's brother. He let him be in the, he let him be in the game. <laughs> he doesn't even skateboard. He's no. a pediatrician. Like, if you play yeah. as him, you just go to the office, help some kids get better. You get mugged on your way home. It's it's a weird <laughs> mission in the game. So, Madison, why did you pick Hocus Pocus for this week? It's a classic. But, I mean, there are a lot of classics. Why specifically this classic? I think it's the most nostalgic Halloween movie, mm-hmm. like, that there is. Like, I, I don't think... I can't think of any other, like, movies besides maybe Rocky Horror, which you've already done. Mm-hmm. Well, that Casper. Is, Casper. Well, I guess we can't do Casper though. I don't know. Do you think do you think Casper has the nostalgic aesthetic to it, like the appeal? I don't know. Truth be told, I'm more, I'm more partial to Casper, but that's because I saw Hocus Pocus like far, far too young, and it is legitimately the reason I was afraid of the dark as a kid. Really? <laughs> yeah, legitimately. Let's go deep deep dive into that. When is Sanderson slicing through that screen with a super long fingernail? Like, mm. freaked me the fuck out. I'm not kidding. Like, I hated. I was sure there was shit hiding in my closets all the time because of that. Like, is that why the other day when we were walking down the street and we went uh, by the manicure place, you just like, you just like flinched a bunch? Yeah, I picked up a brick and put it through the window. <laughs> and then we had to run away. Yeah. I mean, that's why every time I do that, I go to cemeteries immediately because it's hallowed ground. Like, yeah. Didn't you think it was weird that I made us run straight to the cemetery? Uh, you did write on the brick before you <laughs> before you threw it in. Hey, watch, uh, listen to the Equalizers podcast. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I'm a, I am a professional. Wait, is the only reason you do this podcast with me because my dad's name is Doug Jones? And that's Doug Jones played uh, uh, Billy Butcherson. Wow. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes, and that was a bit of a reach. <laughs> yeah. I do this podcast with you because I love yabos. You love yabos. Okay. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. Was yabos like a term for like boobs back I have no in the idea. 90s? Like, was that something that, that Thora Birch or like the writers just made up? Or was that a slang for boobs in the 90s? I'm Googling Cause it. Because it, it's the only time I've ever heard yabos referred to boobs before apparently there's a person who plays or played for the chicago cubs whose last name is yabos he's never lived it down a cursory googling led me to no answers so i don't it sounds like a very 90s or maybe they were trying to start the trend like maybe yeah stop trying to make yabos happen it's not gonna happen they were so the hocus pocus writers were trying to make uh when referring to boobs yeah, that everyone refers them to yabos from now on. Yeah, they were they were trying to get their foot in the cultural door, which is weird because this movie became such a cult classic. Yeah, I don't know if it'd be cult classic. It's like legitimately a lot of people. Really I don't know if it, it was. I don't know if it was like a like a box office success though. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like That's a, a success point. in its well, time. I was reading some stuff online. They released it in the summer. Weird. Hocus Pocus, the Halloween movie was released. In the summer. It's very weird. I wonder if they, it's because, like, there was just... It was a very competitive year that year, so they did, like, we can't release it around Halloween. Could be. Um, can you imagine, like, Max? Because, like, Danny says to um, Jessica... Is that her name? Allison. Allison. She says, Max talks about your yabos all the time. So, <laughs> not only is Danny saying yabos in this scene, but we... It, that bursts into the universe that there are somewhere in the past max just sits in his room and is like 
God, her yabos. And he says that out loud to himself in the room. I think he probably says yabo dabo do. He says yabo dabo do. And then he... Uh-huh. He carries on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, legitimately, like, I, I'm fine with it now. This movie is fine, but I, when I was a kid, I saw it, like, I don't even know how old I was, but I was probably too young, and it scared the shit out of me. So Yeah, uh, this is a classic movie for me. I watch it every Halloween. I've watched it recently. Like, I watched it last year, and I watched it this week. And both times I'm kind of like left with and I'm not trying to like tank on this movie or anything, (laughs) but just story plot wise, once the witches are introduced and are like in like modern times, the kid's story like just kind of gets like thrown to the side. (laughs) Right. I was reading last night because I'll just rip this bandaid off now for the listeners. I don't have any reviews this week. I couldn't find anything that was worthy (sighs) of us. So, what yeah either the reviews were like i Stop. love this movie forever I, this is the best movie ever or like this movie sucks i don't get why it's so good nobody had interesting things to say so but so i was looking for anything else that i could use to fill the the vacuum that we have for reviews and apparently according to kathy and jimmy they cut like a shitload of scenes that the witches filmed like apparently they were originally the main characters and uh, there was way more about them but they the cut witches. a lot of it to make it more family friendly and like not as weird. Well, and it seems like the kid's story is sort of like an afterthought mm-hmm. rather than like the actual like witch characters. So it makes sense that like they probably like included all like the family stuff. Though like it did lead to like one of the best scenes in the movie of when they do um, put a spell on you. Of course. Like that, that. Everybody agreed. I mean, across the board, even the negative reviews I found thought that that was great. Like, that was really good. Yeah. So, one thing I didn't know is that the the boy version of Thackeray Binks is played by Sean Murray, who is Who's... Tim McGee from NCIS. Yeah. <laughs> which I yeah. did not know. It's one of those things that the world is just kind of discovering. They're like, oh, hey, it's it's a probie from NCIS. <laughs> Proby. I forgot about that. I watched NCS in fucking years. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a long time. But I, I think I realized that a, a while ago. Cause, just because he has like a very identifiable face, I think. In the screen rant list of like the 15 things that you don't never knew about behind the scenes from Hocus Pocus. They kept calling him Murray, like Sean Murray. Like I knew his last name. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, which of the kids, is, which of the two guys is Sean Murray? And so I, Googled, I looked him up on IMDb, and it's like, oh, shit, that's, that's Proby McGee. Well, he also does the voice, right? Somebody else does the voice. He doesn't do the voice of the cat? No. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, somebody, I, that was the thing I saw on that list as well, was that he was basically barely on set because he just did the opening and then the finale. He just, he just came in and wore that, like, very large shirt. Yeah. <laughs> the white colonial morning shirt colonial morning shirt is a good uh band name band name yeah or like a song what's that one band it's like something jacket full metal no red leather no straight morning uh, i think it's called morning jacket morning jacket Mm. so should we get to it we should get to it um i don't think we need do we need to do a synopsis i don't uh, people have seen this movie right we've reached the point of being a movie podcast where People are going to listen to the movies that they know. Yeah. Like, if nobody's seen Hocus Pocus, I don't think that they're... And if they do tune in, like, it's Hocus Pocus. Most people know. And if not, it's pretty easy to find. We can start maybe adding synopsis in the episode copy. Like a link to uh, the Wikipedia page or something. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Gives us more time for pitching. All right. I have a few nuggets that I wrote down, just possibilities. Because I think the question we need to ask is... Do we have the Sanderson sisters in the movie? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, I didn't know, so I just uh, so my ideas were they come back because they got kicked out of hell. Hey. Uh, we could always do a prequel set in colonial times. For some reason, Allison summons the witches back. Uh, this one's a little not conceptual. This one's a little more um, weird. Time travel, a lot Back to the Future too. So, like when Marty has to go back to 1955 and do his thing while original Marty is doing the plot of Back to the Future 1. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, a Sanderson fanboy wizard brings them back. That was an idea that I thought when I was thinking, like, what if there was, like, some sort of, like, historian or something who is trying to maybe just, like, investigating, like, the house or something or tracking down, like, the witch's history, the sister's history, and accidentally brings them back, and then they have to, like... I don't think Max is in this movie because, like... Max is the least interesting character, in my opinion. I mean, is he even still uh, acting? I don't know. Um, but I guess like, that's I think, stopped us before. I think Danny could definitely be in this. Thora Birch. Pretty sure Thora Birch is still acting. Oh, yeah. I was looking at most of the cast last night on IMDb just to see if they were still acting, basically. Doug Jones is definitely still acting. He's your favorite. Aqua. Sex. Aqua. Aqua sex monster. But no, that's, that movie's about love. Don't let anybody tell you different. I don't. Doesn't look like he's um, still acting. His last credits from two thousand two. Oh, he was on the Torkelsons. Is that like a kid show? Uh, yeah, it was like a. I think it was Disney Channel, but it was like a. Was it called the Twerkle? The like, Torkelsons. Like twer- no, like Torkel. twerking. Oh, no, okay. Like snorkel, but with a T instead of an S N. I thought there was some like alternate history where it was called the Twerkle Sense and once twerking became a thing, like in online media, then they were like, Well, we can't do the show anymore. <laughs> the the actual show itself was a very like full house, step by step, that kind of thing. Ba, 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 ba. And there's an episode where everybody's just twerking. That's the whole episode. It's, it's not even being associated. It's just like people are going to expect twerking every episode and we can't deliver. It's like a Pride and Prejudice and Zombies where it's a lot of there's scenes where it's just them saying the legitimate lines from Pride and Prejudice while like killing zombies or practicing judo in the basement. But yeah. it's that. So it's an episode of the Torkelsons, but they're just twerking the entire time as they're saying yeah. like the lines that they would normally say in the show. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's been okay. our Torkelson bit. Um, yeah. Okay, so I think there was one that you said at the very beginning. What was your first? Th- this is the one that I think there's the flavor for that it, it matches and it would be like it matches the tone of the Sanderson sisters and it's that they come back because they get kicked out of hell. That's pretty fun. And I think that that matches and it also is like we don't have to jump through the hoops of like how do they come back? It's like the devil's like, you guys are too much. Just get the fuck out of hell. Yeah. The Sanderson sisters are like gleefully evil, mm-hmm. right? They they love being evil. Oh, yeah. So I think they would actually do pretty well in hell, right? I think that they're, for me, because a lot of people that didn't care for this movie liken them to the Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's maybe why they get kicked out of hell more than anything. They're so gleefully evil that they're like, yeah, let's get in there and do this torture and then somehow mess up. And, oh, yeah, let's go over here and do this. And they somehow, like, they just keep, like, goofing up because they're so into doing it. Like, they're, they're too much into it. And the devil's just like, oh, you can, I can't with this anymore. You have to go. What if, um, what if hell is, like, not just, like, Satan, um, uh, like, with the pitchfork, like, like, ordering, like, torturing and everything but what if it what if it has like a board and everything and um uh the uh satan is kind of like an executive director who like is in charge but like like other things govern hell and uh can you can you tell i've been studying non for profits yeah (laughs) so like satan is like an executive director of hell and the Sanderson sisters come down and like they're like his biggest confidants and like advisors and like they're like his they're like his best friends basically because mm-hmm. um, it seems like they are in love with him right when they meet the uh, Gary Marshall Gary and Peggy Marshall so they're his they're very close to him mm-hmm. and what if Winifred is like his uh, his wife maybe. Hmm. And the other two are like the sisters that are st- are still held pretty close to like the family, and so everyone else in hell that works there like has to do so many torturing things, and like they have like their own responsibilities and their duties and stuff. But he's giving them a pass because like oh, this my wife and her family like sure. uh, yeah, 
and the board is like, no, they have to pay their dues. They have to like go and torture people. We know it's boring and it's tedious, but like they, everyone has to do their own work here. And so they, they order like the two sisters to do it, but because they're such klutzes and like sort of three stooges esque, they fuck Mm -hmm. it up and they're like, maybe they release a bunch of souls back to heaven or something. (laughs) I like that. They accidentally send whole souls to heaven. Yeah. They could get, they could be given a like a very simple task. Okay, just clock two hours of like this thing, uh, this task, and then you're good. We're golden. That's enough for the board. They won't like be on my ass about anything else. Yeah, it's like they're they're basically put at the door as like greeters almost. Yeah, and they just like somebody comes in, they assign them to the spot. They're like their torture. And they like send them on their way, and they accidentally keep pushing the wrong button or something. Yeah, and that sends them to heaven. And so, like for I don't know a week, there's just like no souls in hell, like no new souls in hell because heaven just keeps getting all of them. <laughs> it's like God damn it. Yeah, but I think Winifred gets a pass though. Like I think she doesn't have to do anything because it seems right. like the two sisters, like mm-hmm. they're the more incompetent ones right. of the three, right? And she gets a pass, and like she's just like lounging around, like in like the penthouse suite of hell i'm imagining like a pool but it's not full of water it's just flames it's just flames yeah so why does winifred also get kicked out then if if she's not doing anything and the sisters fuck up why is she uh maybe because there's like a curse clause or something like they're kind of a package deal <laughs> or something like like they're all of their souls are sort of because they, they they did like a blood pact or something at the beginning, because they, they said that they put a spell in the beginning of the first movie. They didn't they like cast a spell or something so that they would come back if yeah. someone lit the candle. What if because you're looking at hell as more of a bureaucracy kind of thing, they evict the Sanderson sisters, meaning Mary and Sarah. But because they don't specify just those two Sanderson sisters, Winnie's also then evicted. Like, they just said the Sanderson sisters and didn't clarify which specific ones. Yeah. And so, like, legally, technically, also Mary has to, or Winifred has to go. There's a line towards the end of uh, Hocus Pocus Mm -hmm. uh, when they're doing, like, the graveyard battle scene. And where Max drinks the potion Mm -hmm. and he sacrifices himself for Danny. Mm -hmm. And Winifred says... Oh, uh, you're so foolish to sacrifice yourself for your own sibling. Uh, yeah, I which, caught that as well. Which shows that she isn't down for that. Like, <laughs> isn't down for sacrificing herself for her mm-hmm. sisters. So I think in this moment where the other two get like get like kicked out of hell, she's like, "Oh, that's unfortunate, but oh well." Like, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, sisters. It's been quite a lifetime." She doesn't think it's gonna happen when they kick them out but like because it's a sanderson sisters package deal thing she like says all this is like goodbye you guys were always idiots yeah and blah blah blah. like she's siding with the devil and the board like to say like to keep everyone happy all right so they get kicked out of hell they're back on earth what's the what's what's the rest of this movie look like when you get kicked out of hell do you go to earth right well i mean they're not going to heaven yeah they're not going to heaven I guess, like, purgatory, but also at that point, like, I mean, let me rephrase this. Are Allison, Danny, or Max in this movie? Like I said, I think Danny could be, Okay, right? Then I think it has to be they're back on Earth. Yeah. Because if they're in purgatory, presumably Danny isn't in purgatory, and then it's just, like, how do we get them back to Earth, slash, how does their story interact with Danny's story if they're in purgatory and she's not? Yeah. So I think that it's just Earth for ease of... We gotta have a cool yeah. scene where the um the it's that graveyard and we just see like the ground start to glow a little bit and all the shards, like the little dust particles of the Winifred statue, like reform into the statue and the statue turns back into Winifred. That's pretty cool. I have an idea. Mm-hmm. What if they are thrown into like a purgatory state and they're all like maybe it's like a state of like perpetually falling or something, or mm-hmm. just like gray or something. And Winifred grabs the two sisters hands and she's like repeat after me and she they cast a spell and it sends them back to earth and it's similar to like the curse on in the first movie that they have like a time clock where like okay Hmm. so if we want to stay here and not be in like a endless nothingness forever 
then we need to okay that's good do yeah, this. yeah that's good that gives us a that gives us stakes yeah. so what's the what's the win condition i don't think it should be like suck youngness out of teens and tweens anymore what if just again to kind of cut out a a, a middleman the board gives them like an ultimatum of like you're going back to earth and you have to complete this x task or else you're going to purgatory that's that's better that's better no uh, and, and i like your idea i just this cuts purgatory is a good punishment idea but this way there's not like a scene of like 10 minutes where they end up in purgatory and make their plans and then they leave again like yeah the, yeah so that's their um punishment so what the what does the board of hell want them to accomplish maybe they have to kill danny maybe like revenge what if danny in her adulthood has mm-hmm. become a like beacon of good um like maybe she's like a maybe she founds like a foundation that mm-hmm. um, the yabo foundation the yabo foundation um <laughs> it makes me think like it's like a it's like a breast cancer like awareness like sort of organization or something i mean <laughs> yeah could be yeah it could be something I don't know. It brings joy to people. Like it like instills happiness and like good. Like maybe mm-hmm. it's like a volunteer like organization. Sure. Okay. But maybe like the Binks group, Thacker Thackeray group. The something. Binks. She names it after Thackeray Binks. Yeah. Yeah, she names it after Binks. Maybe it's an animal like foundation. Oh or something. yeah, like they rescue animals. That's good. They rescue animals. And maybe every year they have a huge like Halloween fundraiser, mm-hmm. which somewhat further like kind of bastardizes their whole the whole like evil thing, you know? Like mm-hmm. they like, they're really upset in the first movie that Halloween is just this like whole fake like mockery of like witches and evil and stuff like that. But it also can place it around Halloween. Sure. So, oh yeah, of course, of course. Or the the setting. Well, I mean, a lot of I, I a lot of things I've seen. All Hallows Eve is the point when the barrier between the worlds, like between the spirit worlds and Earth, mm-hmm. is the thinnest. So it makes sense that they also just got pooped out of hell yeah. right around Halloween. Yeah, because guys, they get pooped out. Like that's they get pooped out. That's a big. That's it's about it. That's a twenty-minute sequence of this movie. Is yeah, they just slowly are falling out of a portal. <laughs> And the whole time, like, it cuts between that and Gary Marshall just going. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) We're cutting all of that. Oh, no, that's great. No, leave that in, please. So they get uh, shat out of hell. Um, (laughs) That's my favorite meatloaf song. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) I got shat out of hell. All right. Um, Um. but that is the that is the song that's playing as like yeah. they're getting like port like portaled into mm-hmm. Earth. Um. So uh, yeah, maybe they have to kill Danny. Yeah, I don't. Know. I I was trying to think if there was another because family friendly, not. <laughs> I mean, they're sucking the life force out of children in the first one, so I'm not super worried about it. There is a kid body at the very beginning of the movie. I mean, we're not going to have it be like you know fucking Saw movie. But yeah, so they're trying to kill Danny. I think like maybe like that's like their mm-hmm. their punishment and like their task and like oh it's that that's easy. But maybe they don't have their powers or something like hmm. that. Well, I mean they don't have book. They don't have book. Book is still like in existence though, right? Because it's a, it, you see the eye open at the end. I bet Danny or like Max in it. I don't know. Do we want to keep the faith that Max and Allison? got together and stayed together or sure. do we, I, I don't care like, i'm just is that what we're uh could, and then they could have like moved away yeah she does really like salem in the first one like that whole vibe so i don't know if them moving away would be a thing yeah what it, they could have a scene they could still be in the movie and maybe like danny has a scene with like their kids like oh it's like aunt danny and blah blah, blah. <laughs> and maybe it's like danny and the kids like in this movie or uh-huh. something like that oh okay I think with the book, so obviously they didn't just like leave the book there, mm-hmm. like because I think it was on the ground or something at the end. Something like that, yeah. What if uh, Danny takes the book? Maybe it's like in a bank vault, mm. and it's behind like all these security measures, and the Sanderson sisters are sent there without their powers. 
and they don't know how to do anything without magic. So they try to do a bank heist. <laughs> That's okay. So here's here's my thought. They have to retrieve book instead of kill Danny, and it's the Sanderson's just committing a bank heist. Yeah, that's our pretty movie. great. Okay, beautiful. I love it. It may. I think Danny should still be in it, but like maybe she catches oh. wind and she's trying to stop them. Yeah, it's it's almost it's kind of diehard. Maybe she's yeah. in the bank for whatever reason. Like she maybe like maybe she runs the bank. Yeah, and she's there late at night when the Sanderson sisters like try to break in to steal us, and so she's like a mix of Home Alone and Die Hard, where she's like crawling through air vents, like laying traps and shit, while they're trying to break into the bank vault to get book. I have this bit um, in my mind where it's Halloween at a bank, um, mm. and this uh, a person goes in to rob it. Okay, but they dress up as like a. Like their outfit is like a stereotypical burglar outfit, Good. so it's it's like black and white stripes mm-hmm. with like a mask and like a ski hat, or you know, like. Mm-hmm. And so they walk into a bank and they they're like, "Give me all your money," and they're like, "Ha ha ha! Happy Halloween, sir!" <laughs> like they don't get. He's like, "No, that like I'm robbing the bank." It's like you're clearly wearing a costume right now. <laughs> I mean, we could do something like that where they try to get into the vault during a Halloween party. Yeah. It's definitely Die Hard then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Die Hard, but Halloween. This is great. Yeah, there's a Halloween party, and they hear that the book is like, um, maybe they go to their old house, mm-hmm. and they're like, maybe the book's there. And then like, there's a picture of the book um, in like the, yeah, because it's like a museum, you know? And they're like, this book uh, resides at the um, Salem Bank and Trust. So that's how they know to go there. And so they go there, there's like a Halloween party, and they decide to hold up like the party. Maybe they have actual weapons. Like, what if they're like, we don't. It's kind of like the broom scene where they're like, right. Maybe like Winifred actually has a gun. The like, uh, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker has a like, I don't know, what's another weapon? Like, like a, a bazooka. <laughs> I think they need to have some magic, like limited magics. And then Kathy and Jimmy has like a like a sword. <laughs> She's got a mace. Yeah, I don't. I feel like they need some magics, like lim- very limited. Yeah, like first level magics because Winifred has her lightning shit all right. the time, right? I don't know, but I just feel like them holding up a bank with guns. Somehow the spirit <laughs> of Hocus Pocus is lost. Yeah. What if Winifred has her, like, limited magic? Because mm-hmm. Sarah and Mary don't have the lightning. Mm-hmm. At least they don't demonstrate it in the first movie. So what if Winifred has it, but it's very limited, and it's like, I have to, like, store it and, like, preserve it, like, in case we need it. So we need, like, extra help. So that's mm-hmm. when they do, like, a broom scene sure. where... I don't know what the weapon should be. I think one of them should be a gun. Oh, so you really want them to have guns, don't you? I, w- I want one of them to have like a old cowboy gun or something. Oh, uh, like, like a flintlock? Yeah, like a flintlock or something. And another one have like a bazooka. Like, I think that's really funny. And it's actually really intimidating because it's like, okay, yeah, they are holding us up right now. I'm scared of this bazooka, right? Sure. <laughs> and then Mary has like a sword. I think that's really funny. <laughs> I mean, we can steal the joke from Anchorman. She just has a grenade. Like, that's it. Like, one grenade. <laughs> She's just holding a grenade. And like... Yeah. Okay, Winifred has, like, an assault rifle. They, they, they like, raid a, they raid a, like, a military base or something. Like, maybe they hypnotize some, like, guards. And they steal, like, a weapon each or something. And Sarah Jessica Parker ch- chooses the the fucking bazooka which is funny because like she's she's a smaller lady <laughs> just like <laughs> carrying this bazooka around i'll tell you what let's make a compromise <laughs> in that i'll i'll agree that winnie sanderson has an assault rifle <laughs> if she uses it to, like she like, shoots the lightning out of it like matt she like uses magic and the gun Okay. So she uses the gun to like focus the lightning magic or whatever. So okay. it's still magical, but it is an assault rifle. Okay. Because, <laughs> I mean, they are witches, and I feel like if we just give them guns, then we're cutting out. Do I still get the bazooka? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Everything cool. else is fine. I'm just saying, like like you said, Winnie's the only one who has like visible magic, 
And I feel like cutting out the magic almost entirely in favor of the guns, kind of we lose the fact that they're witches. They <laughs> could be anybody at that point. Yeah. Okay. So they they come into the party, they hold it up, and I think that like they have <laughs> fucking weapons. So the bank manager is going to take. I think I think Danny because I don't Thora Birch isn't that old. I mean, she, it's like fifteen years ago, right? So she'd probably yeah, be like in her like 30s. maybe reaching reaching thirties. If so, she's probably a like a, a teller or a maybe she's the bank manager. Well, because my thought was the bank manager is going to take them to the vault, but she like gets in there first and steals the book and goes and hides. Yeah, and so like she's got the book with her the whole time. She's crawling through the air vents and walking on broken glass or whatever. I've never seen Die Hard. You've never seen Die Hard? No. Oh shit, Mike. Here's the weird thing. I saw the one with Justin Long where they ramp a police car into a helicopter. Because <laughs> my freshman year of college, my roommate was watching it, so I watched it with him. Um, also a good movie. It's the only um, Die Hard I've ever seen. Timothy Ophelot, bad guy. Great actor. Uh, the, um, the lady who plays his daughter also plays uh, Mary Todd Lincoln in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Wow. So, uh, also a very good movie. On equal level with Die Hard as far um, as quality. How do you know you haven't seen it? I just know. <laughs> I know how uh, good Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter is, and if if Die Hard's as good as they say, it's probably of equal quality. I've ne- I've never seen uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, so I mean, there's no sequel. Ha- we both we both have some homework to do. So my other idea is if maybe Danny is the bank manager, mm-hmm. and she's the only one who actually knows the code to the vault. Mm. So when she hides and does like the, she's hiding in the bank everyone's like we want to help you like we really don't want to get blown up by this fucking bazooka <laughs> oh, so they're all looking for her too they're all looking for her and she's like the only one who actually knows it except maybe it's her and her manager or her like assistant manager or something so he he's in the movie too and maybe, maybe he's not there uh-huh. like they have to like go get him or something or maybe he's like not giving up the goat like like he's not gonna like He's lying. He like I don't know it, right? I don't know. Do we want to do like a love interest, the the assistant manager, and that's why he's not going to tell? Yeah, that's actually where I was. My mind was going. Okay. Uh, as like, I think we see a scene where um, they're conducting business and everything in the bank and everything, and then they go into a room and then they start macking, and then it's like, oh, clearly that they're yeah in love. <laughs> that's a pretty clear sign. <laughs> yeah, and so. It's clear that they have a relationship, and I think it's also clear that, like, maybe Halloween makes, like, Danny feel a little weird. Horny. Oh. Yeah. Really Randy. Um, Randy for candy. Randy for candy. Uh, that's that's the assistant manager's name. His name is Randy. Randy. And he loves candy. <laughs> so, uh, Randy Dandy, the man who loves candy, oh <laughs> is... Uh, she, I think maybe she like shares with with him like what happened all those years ago, mm-hmm. and he respects it and like maybe doesn't believe it necessarily or like it's like oh you were a kid like sure, maybe. but after seeing like Winifred come in and like use her magic gun, she's like oh this is real. Oh, is wait is Randy a woman? Because you said she. I did. Yeah, you said she's like oh this is real. Oh, I'm fine with that. She, I just she, she could be. Let's do it. Randy can be a girl's name. Randy Dandy, the woman who loves candy. Yeah. And <laughs> and she is played by... Uh, I don't have a name right off the top of my head that's about the same age. What if Danny, after that Halloween, was like, and kind of logically, and this is my classic flavor for sequels, like had to go to therapy for a little bit? Mm. Because, I mean, if you look at the actual events as they happen, she was kidnapped at least twice. Yeah. Once from her bed by witches who were going to make her drink a potion to steal her life force. And then her brother almost got killed a few times. Like, she probably needed some therapy. Yeah. And so that somehow that comes out. And Randy was like, why? Why were you? Why'd you end up in therapy or whatever? She also saw a cat get flattened and then... A zombie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which apparently, I read, those were real moths in Doug Jones's mouth. I can believe that. There's another fun fact for you listeners. I, I have I have an idea to add to the flavor as well. So okay. what if after those events with Danny, she has the book now, right? Okay. Like, like it's, yeah. and maybe we see a scene earlier on, like, 
the book is in the glass, like behind all these security measures. She unlocks it and everything. And like after everyone leaves the bank, she like studies it hmm. and stuff like that. So like she knows about the book and maybe she's, I don't know if she's trying to like become a witch herself or something, but she's like trying to understand like right. the things in it. Like, okay. So maybe she has a working knowledge of the book. And, okay. Like, uh, so she goes into hiding, presumably in the bank. Yeah. And this is where we get the like die hard slash home alone. She lays traps. It's like, what kind of traps, what kind of die hard um, adventures do we have here? I think we need at least three. Yeah. So. And I could be of some help. My mom does work at a bank, so I'm not intimately familiar, but I've. You want to Skype her in? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no. Hey, Mom, uh, what are some fun bank locations where three witches could be duped? <laughs> and, uh, Obviously, they're in the lobby. The party would be, like, in the lobby, probably. And I'm imagining, like, a, like, um, like, there's the bank of teller windows at, like, on the opposite end of the door, and in between there's, like, a big foyer kind of thing where they're having the party. Mm. Um, it's one of those large, grand banks, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. big enough to have a party in. Not like a chase where it's like yeah. <laughs> they're all they've got an iPod at an ATM machine and they're just mm-hmm. fucking rocking out. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe initially when they come in, they're like, like they know the procedure of like if a, if someone robs a place, it's like just give them the fucking money, right? right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So they start giving them the money and everything, and then like maybe they pile it all up, and Winifred just like uses some of her magic or something, or. Well, no, she has to shoot it. You wanted this gun so bad. Okay. She she shoots all the money. She shoots the money with magic. Or uh, Sarah Jessica Parker blows it up with her bazooka. She blows it up with a bazooka. Sarah Jessica uh, Parker shooting a giant pile of money with a bazooka. Yeah. And listener artists, get on that. Yeah. Somehow it doesn't blow up the building whatsoever. The building remains intact. Oh, money uh, is very... Money absorbs the yeah, blast money very is- well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, but Danny is in hiding, and she says, "Fuck inflation," and then blows it up. <laughs> inflation, more like explosion. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> you can cut that out if you want. Oh no, it's staying um, in. So they're like, "What the fuck?" Then they're like, "We want the book," and maybe the other people don't know about the book, so maybe they think like the book is like a ledger or something, mm-hmm. or like some thing in the bank. And Randy knows what's going on, but she doesn't give up the goat. Um, so Danny is like trapped in the back, and we're coming back to the Home Alone tricks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, she uh, ties like a bag full of rolls of quarters, like you know, like how uh, Kevin does those paint cans down the stairs, like on roofs. Yeah. She does a similar thing, but with like bags of change. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So there's. Like just a whole room of like rolled quarters mm-hmm. and that and stuff, and she is Danny in the vents. I imagine she's crawling around the vents. I mean, yeah. So Danny's in the vents. She drops some of those like rolls of quarters on like Mary or something. Mm-hmm. I think Mary's the first to like get incapacitated, right? Maybe. Okay. And Winifred like orders Mary to the back to see like if they could get anything and. Mm-hmm. Maybe Danny knocks her out and then like ties her up and is like interrogates her or whatever. Takes the grenade. Yeah, takes the grenade and Mary's like it's like sniffs her. She's like, "You're the same girl from the first movie or whatever." She's like, "You smell the same, but old." Ugh. I have two thoughts. It's one is that I think it fits the character if the whole time that one Mary doesn't know how grenades work, obviously, so she's yeah. like poking it and like trying to figure out how to get it to work not yeah. knowing what it does or anything and so everybody's like really freaked out because she like every time she touches the pin everybody's like <gasps> and then yeah. two i think that mary would be like you're you're danny or you look good like she's like really f- kind of friendly with her though like while okay. it's still against her because yeah. in, the, in the movie she's very much like i don't know like that just seems more in character that she'd be like you look good i mean i hate you like she still does not like her, but also is very yeah. complimentary and stuff like that. Yeah, that's great. And I think Danny just has a bag of those quarters. Mm-hmm. It's basically like a sock full of quarters. And <laughs> she's just like hitting Mary across the face. <laughs> like, 
like what is what what are you guys doing here what do you want how'd you get back yeah they're clearly looking for the book and maybe that's like where danny like learns everything and Mm -hmm. yeah we would cut away from that scene and she's like what do you what do you or why are you here and we do something with uh sarah and winifred and then when we cut back like danny is in the loop yeah so i don't think she like keeps her as like a hostage i don't know if she does or maybe she does that that'd be kind of fun like if she like kept mary as a hostage as she's like going along like the Mm -hmm. the bank but i don't know what we do with that yeah i don't i mean I think Danny would know that Winifred's not going to buy back her sister, like, because of what you mentioned from the end of the first one, like, she doesn't actually care. Yeah, but maybe that's a good other scene. I, I like the idea, because that, 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 that line at the end of the first movie, like, mm-hmm. encapsulates Winifred's character, you know? Mm-hmm. What if Danny comes over, like, the loudspeaker, because banks have loudspeakers, Yeah, and is like, Winifred Sanderson, I have Mary, and this is Danny, and blah, 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 blah do uh do something or i'll kill your sister or something like that hmm. and winifred is like whatever do what you want i don't give a shit like i just want my book back right mm-hmm. and mary and sarah both have a moment's like what the fuck man we're like your sisters like you don't give a shit about us like and what i'm leading to is at the end maybe the sisters like are the ones who turn it like right on i get winifred. you okay so after that Maybe. I mean, we're reusing the the coins, but what if she like fills a hallway like the floor with rolls of quarters that they step on and slip around and fall on and yeah. I mean, we're we're coming back to the the loose change well, which I guess would be a wishing well technically. She could like break open a um, can of whoop ass, a printer, and <laughs> okay. have like the ink like. <laughs> I'm just okay. thinking about things no, no, that are in a no, bank. No, no, I love it. I love it. I, I'm just <laughs> and it'd be like an oil slick or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe after that whole scene, like, plays out, she orders Sarah to, like, go in the back and go get Mary or whatever, or, like, go get her. So she runs back, and Danny has set up this trap, and Sarah runs down the hallway with the bazooka, and she slips backwards mm-hmm. and fires it up in the <laughs> air. And somehow the bank still doesn't fall down. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that, like, sets off, like, the fire alarm. And it, like, causes chaos in, like, the room itself. And people in, like, the at the party see this as a moment to, like, break. And or maybe they have, like, a, the, you know, like, how the fire in the first movie, like, the mm-hmm. fire, like, system in the thing, right. like, the convinced them system. that they were going to die. Yeah. Like, maybe there's, like, a moment like that where, like, it, like, really catches Winifred off guard. And, like, I'm mainly just trying to lead us to the end. Sure. I have an idea that maybe the bazooka goes off. It goes out a window or something. I don't know, like, but it doesn't really like cause a huge amount of damage. Or it can. I, I don't care. But Danny incapacitates her then as well, and takes the bazooka and is like, "All right, well now I have both your sisters." And somehow at this point, Randy has given up the goat that she's like in love with, Danny. Yeah. And so when he's like, "Great, well I have your girlfriend, so let me let me in the vault," and Danny's like, "Yeah, all right, you win." And so she lets her in the vault. When she opens the door, Danny's radiant, and the bazooka is inside the vault, pointed out at Winifred. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, pretty good. Or she's in the vault and opens it. And like when she opens it, she like blasts her with the bazooka. Because I do kind of want it, a la Yippie motherfucker. I feel like Danny's would be trick or treat, bitch. Yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> As she just blows Winifred Sanderson away with the bazooka. Yeah. I do. Uh- so I like that. I like, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I like that. I love all of that. I don't think it kills her, even though oh, I know yeah, it's yeah, like a bazooka. Yeah, yeah. It like maybe blows her out to like towards like the lobby and everything. Mm-hmm. And she's all, you remember when they come out of the uh, incinerator and they're yeah. like all like, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all like charred and everything. Um, I think uh, she like gets up and then she, now that the ball is open, she does the book oh, and yeah. it starts flying and Danny tries to hold it back, but like its power is too strong and uh, Winifred gets it and then she opens it up and then the grenades in there, then it just explodes. No, <laughs> I wonder. I mean, yeah, like I'm, uh, I'm for that as an idea, except it's just impossible Yeah, to, because they'd have to cut out a hole in the pages and, it's protected by magic, as we're informed by Zachary Binks. Yeah. What if uh, 
the the explosion caused like Sarah and Mary to be under like some rubble and they're calling out for help and this is where I'm trying to like turn it where they like you. I'm wondering like what could be that scene. Okay, so a, a quick backtrack just so I just to like reiterate the facts that we have. D- Danny has incapacitated both sisters and has given Winifred the chance of like you can have them back if you'll just like leave. And she said no. Like I want my book. I don't give a shit about them. And now Winifred has the book. Mm-hmm. And we're looking for a way then to have her make the choice like basically to alienate her sisters further which maybe because she blames them for the whole thing that they're doing right now they're no longer in hell she's just like screw them um or maybe there's like a spell in the book that will restore her own magic like fully Hmm. but it causes like she has to sacrifices her own blood so she's gonna sacrifice both of her sisters that's good i like that better i was gonna say maybe never mind i'm not even my my idea was dumber so we're gonna go with yours i like that a lot what was your idea maybe we could incorporate it they didn't actually think that she was gonna sell them out that it was like oh yeah she's just once she gets the book she's gonna come get us Mm -hmm. and then she doesn't but i think your idea is a better like a stronger betrayal than mine like she's like going to act actively kill them to yeah. save herself. Yeah. And they're going to be in purgatory forever. Like, so what do you think the two sisters do? Brain blast. Yeah. So because we've established, and I mentioned earlier that Danny has been studying the book. Mm-hmm. What if they kind of give Danny gives them a look mm-hmm. and they do a trio spell that they know. Hmm on winifred so it's you know how they do they're like they say things that like once so like the, the the break his bones and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah what was that spell break his bones and curdle his toes <laughs> you guys can't see the swaying that we're doing <laughs> as madison's chanting ring his nose and poke out his eye <laughs> yep <laughs> twist his nipples and stab him just <laughs> like this There we go. Here's my thought. We we retcon a little bit, or we uh, go back and establish that when they're kicked out of hell because they just wrote down the Sanderson sisters, we put in some line of like, you know, keep the sisters together or something like that, or the sisters belong together or something like that, like when they get kicked out. So then at the end, when Winnie like approaches, and we retcon uh, that Danny doesn't take the grenade off of Kathy and Jimmy, because I've just forgotten her character's name, Mary. So as Winifred's, like, approaching to kill them, uh, Mary is like, you know what they say, sister? Or you know what they say, Winnie? Sisters stick together. And she pulls out the grenade and pops it. Like, she's figured out how to work. And, like, that takes, for whatever reason, that takes them all out. Like, together. Okay. I, I don't know. I like that. I like that. I like that as, like, a a scene as well. I, uh, I feel... Like it would be weird that Danny is suddenly like, "Hey," gives the th- the other two sisters a look, and they then immediately launch into a three like three person spell. I think that's cool though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I it just... shows it shows that like the sisters fully realize. Like I don't know. I guess your scene does that too. Like they fully realize. Like Winifred. I just mean that the idea that Danny would share a look with these two witches, and then the three of them would they would immediately be like, "Oh, of course, this spell." Just seems odd to me. Or Danny could start the spell, and the other two could join in. Yeah, that's good. What if What if Randy uh, comes up and like she tries to do it with Randy? Like Randy, like to repeat after me. And like Randy's like, okay, what is it again? Like what What's the spell? And like they're trying to do it, and then like the sisters say it, like approach and like say it at once, and then it's clear that they are like they know what spell they're talking about, and then mm-hmm. they start chanting it, and. Winnie's chanting her own spell at them, mm-hmm. but because it's three against one, it's like outmatched. Sure. And then she shoots him with the AK. Yeah. Blah, blah. What were those gun noises? Blah, blah. Blah, blah. And then everyone dies, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. But I think whatever the spell is, like it like prevents <laughs> Winnie from doing anything. Maybe maybe it's like a binding spell. Hmm of some sort so it binds her so she can't like say or anything and then like the sun sets and stuff and then they like disappear. rises rises yeah 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 the sun rises and then 
um, they disappear back to purgatory, and mm-hmm. um, they're when Winifred is stuck in purgatory forever with her. Yeah. That's when Mary figures out how the grenade works. Mm-hmm. Is when they're in purgatory. <laughs> like they hit a purgatory, and Winifred's like, "Forget it." She's like, "Oh, I understand now." <laughs> Pulls the pen out. Yeah. Then we cut to black. We cut to black. Okay. What do you think? Do we? I mean, I guess. Do we want to wrap up the humans story or? Oh, Danny and uh, and Randy. Randy, um, the one who loves candy. Randy, the woman who lo- Randy Dandy, the woman who loves right. candy. So wait, um, so now her name is going to be if they get married, her name would be Danny Dandy. It was Danny Dandy, um, or like I don't or know. Or is it a hyphen? It so it's Dandy, the woman who loves candy, is her full last name. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, we didn't we didn't decide who plays Randy. Yeah, no, we never did. Let's do that really fast. Uh, all right. So, uh, Ellen Page. Ellen Page would be good. Yeah. I think Ellen Page is a good choice. Also, I don't know if we want to include this in this, but Ellen Page and her uh, partner, Emma Portner, mm-hmm. um, do some really great viral dance videos. Oh, yeah. um, I recommend everyone checking out. They're fucking amazing. All right. So Ellen Page plays Randy, which she kind of looks like Thora Birch. Yeah. That's nothing wrong with that. It just occurred to me yeah. suddenly that they kind of look a little bit alike. So what if like Randy's like, well, I believe you now. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, book? Is it still maybe maybe this is like Danny realizes that book really needs to be destroyed, mm-hmm. and they're like, "How do we even destroy this thing? Like nothing burns it, right? Like mm-hmm. nothing like it's protected by magic." And yeah, I don't know. We cut to Randy and Danny like on a boat, and they're pushing like a enormous like lead lined coffin into the ocean. <laughs> the book is inside of it. It's like wrapped in chains and shit. And then we hear the Jubanji moot. I, you know, like, I want. I was like, <laughs> yeah, as it, it sinks to the bottom of the ocean and it lands on top of the board game Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> that can't happen because we know Jumanji washed up on shore because of yeah. Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Is it? It it's actually canonically a sequel to. Yeah, I mean. Oh, and they explain it. Yeah, that's cool. It's fun. I like it. It's a fun movie. Did we do it? I think we did it. We did something. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Well, if we did it, that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, and basically everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. And we have an Instagram where we post the episode art for each week. And I have I can't fathom what this week is going to be. It's probably, it's probably going to have something to do with candy and being Randy. Or a bank. Um, and you can, as always, we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. I want to take a second and plug another podcast that I've started with a friend and now twice previous guest, Jackson Eflin. It is called A Study in Granada where we uh, read the Sherlock Holmes stories and we watch the 1980s Granada television series based off of it, starring Jeremy Brett and David Burke. Uh, It's a lot of fun to do. Madison is a guest in season two. That probably won't be out by the time this is released. So something to look forward to. I'd like to plug a uh, podcast that I guested on recently. It's called Pop Culture Roll Call, and um, it's my roommate's podcast. On that show, uh, my roommates, along with their friend Stas, watch uh episodes of buffy the vampire slayer from the different perspectives of the characters uh so my roommate colin gets all of willow scenes uh my other roommate mike gets all of xander scenes and then their friend styles gets all of buffy scenes and i guessed it on the episode called family uh which is heavily focused on the character tara uh willow's girlfriend um, when her family comes into town, and I, I watched all of that sh- episode from perspective of Tara, and it's kind of this really cool um, joining of like what everyone experienced in an episode, and it's really rather fascinating and fun. So go check that out. That was a very long explanation. I'm sorry. 
Uh, I have one more also that I guessed it on. It is called Alphabet Flight with uh, Jesse Mucci, who some of you may know if you also listen to OK Crusader by Daniel Na. It's where Jesse goes through the Marvel Universe and talks about some of the characters there. It's not a dating show. It's just we talk about them. And I guessed it on the episodes for Hank Pym, Pyro, and Quasar. And it was a great time. We spent a lot of time talking about Hank Pym's tracksuit. So go check it out. So... For the Equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. Twist his nipples and then stab him. <laughs> Just like this. To be continued. H-A-L-L-O-W-E-E